Today we're continuing our Lenten sermon series uh, where we're getting back to the basics of faith as we prepare for our Lord's passion and resurrection. So far we've explored the Ten Commandments and Jesus' instruction to follow that to follow him means denying yourself and taking up your cross. Our lesson today includes one of the most beloved verses in all of Scripture. This verse happens to uh, occur in the midst of a conversation with a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who is curious about just who Jesus is and what this means. Our lectionary reading this morning picks up about halfway into their conversation. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the third chapter of John's Gospel, beginning with the 14th verse. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed." But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is probably the most recognizable set of religious numbers out there. 3 colon 16. As a child growing up in the late 80s and early 90s, I remember watching everything from Uh, sports to professional wrestling uh, and any other public gathering and seeing signs being held up that simply read John 3.16 or even simpler uh, yet 3.16. But it wasn't until about 10 years ago when a quarterback for the University of Florida named Tim Tebow took this to a whole new level. He started writing this verse uh, in, in white letters over the eye black on his face. You know, the black marks that football players and other athletes uh, put on their face that apparently helps the glare from the stadium lights. So instead of someone in the crowd holding a sign, hoping the television camera might catch a glimpse of their act of evangelism, of spreading the gospel, now an actual athlete is displaying it an act that prompted both praise and critique alike. For many, 3.16 is the only verse of the Bible they have memorized. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Well, maybe they've memorized that one and possibly Jesus wept. That's a pretty simple one. But you can see what this... uh, you can see why this has been the go-to verse for sharing the gospel with others over the years. 
in one verse, you get a good summation of the entire gospel, of God's love for us in Jesus and our call to respond to that love in faith. In fact, when planning my preaching for Lent, it wasn't until I, I got to this week and saw this lectionary reading during the season that I decided to craft an entire series on getting back to the basics of the faith. This is the verse that, that inspired me to do this whole series of getting back to the basics. What strikes me, though, is in something I pondered and wrestled with all week, is the reality that in our increasingly secularized world, many folks probably won't even know that the numbers 3 colon 16 means the 16th verse of the third chapter of John's Gospel. We can no longer assume people know what we mean when we flash a biblical reference. So just putting a verse number on a sign may not cut it anymore. Another reality of our world today that editor of the Presbyterian Outlook, Jill Duffield, shares is that statistically, people just don't ponder their eternity anymore like they have in generations past. So just like we can no longer assume people know what we mean by sharing chapter and verse, the message itself may not seem as urgent as it once did. It seems that the days of sharing the gospel by simply holding up a Bible verse may be past, or that it's no longer enough. We need to do more, and friends, the gospel requires more. But thankfully, this key verse for Christians is given in the context of a conversation, of an exchange between Jesus and the Pharisee named Nicodemus, that I believe this this entire conversation carries the depth and significance that our world needs to hear today. It probably won't fit very well on a poster, but it indeed carries a message of hope and challenge for us to embody uh, those of us who would call ourselves Jesus' disciples today. And I would sum up that depth and that challenge by three key words in the text that serve as today's sermon title. Lift, love, and light. The first word is lift, and it appears in the very first verse of our reading. Jesus and Nicodemus are in the middle of a conversation about being born from above, and how the Son of Man has descended from earth and one day will ascend again. Jesus references our first reading where Moses is given a bronze serpent from God to heal the Israelites from snake bites in the wilderness, a passage that always makes me shiver because I have a deathly fear of snakes. And here's, here's what, he, what Jesus references. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is the precursor for 3.16. Jesus references this act of saving the Israelites in the wilderness, lifting up the bronze staff of the serpent to describe his role of being lifted up by God to save God's children. Just as God lifts up Jesus, we are to lift up Christ, sharing his gospel and acts of compassion and grace to others. The next word we hone in on is the one we all know, the one from the the Bible verse, and that's love. It's the illumined word of 316. For God so loved the world. Interesting, in the original Greek text, besides the conjunction, that's the word for, 
Love is the very first word we see in this verse. It appears before God, even. Love takes precedence in God's treatment of the world. And indeed, this precedent shines through to the sending of God's own Son, who is sent not as an expression of God's judgment, but out of God's deep and unfailing love. He was sent not to condemn the world, but rather to save the world. For those of you who have learned the different uh, Greek words for love, this is agape love, the unconditional, unwavering love. And this is truly the best example of this kind of agape love that we know. The final word is light. Jesus says, The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. If there's a verse in this passage that we constantly need to see, it may not be 316. It may be this one. Every day we're enamored with darkness. Shootings and violence, misconduct and assault, exploitation, inequity, division and hatred, the list could go on and on whenever we just turn on the news. Yet, Jesus tells us that this, this is the world that God loves. A world that's filled with and consumed by violence. For God so loved this world that God decided to enter into our darkness. But not just enter into our darkness, not just to accompany us in their... Uh, accompany us in this darkness, but to confront this darkness, to confront this darkness with light, the light of the world, the true light that enlightens everyone, came into the world, became flesh, and dwelt with us. This act of unconditional love lights the way for us to follow. Outlook editor Jill Duffield again challenged me this week in her blog post on this passage when she bluntly asked, God so loves this world, do we? As God has so loved the world, so we in Christ are called to love this world, even and especially in the midst of its brokenness, its darkness. As Christ shines God's light into the darkness of the world, we are to shine light in a world that loves darkness. A beloved quote from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. provides us some needed guidance and wisdom here. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So friends, rather than a simple sign that reads 316, perhaps we might better understand our call to share God's love and grace through the words lift, love, and light. These words challenge us to ponder, do our lives lift up Christ, emulate his love, and shine his light? Or do we turn away from this love, put others down, and add to the overwhelming darkness? As God lifted up Jesus, we are to lift him up by lifting up those in need. As God so loves this world, we are to love this broken, imperfect world. As God confronts the darkness of the world with light, we are to shine the light of Christ into the darkness of our own community, that all might experience the gospel, the good news of God's unconditional love and unmerited grace in Christ. 
So friends, as we approach Jerusalem and Holy Week, preparing yet again for Christ's passion and resurrection, may we remember to lift love and light. That all may see that God's kingdom is springing forth here among us. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.